My next guest is as good as it gets discussing these topics, whether it's Ukraine or Russia or Japan or North Korea. He's the best in the business. You can follow Gordon Chang at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow and uh, makes a lot of appearances on this show because I love him. Here he is, my friend Gordon Chang. Good morning, Gordon. How are you, pal? I'm fine, Sid, and thank you so much. You're very welcome. Let's start with uh, Biden. Okay, if you watched MSNBC yesterday or CNN, this visit they talked about uh, was beautiful. It represented freedom. It's everything right about democracy. Then you put on Tucker Carlson last night and they go, oh, hold on a second. He's compromised. And this is the beginning of World War Three. And him and Zelensky knowingly are doing this without any real hesitation. Which one is it? The visit to Ukraine yesterday by Biden. Was it heroic and great and freedom or nefarious? Well, both sides are right. I do believe that Biden's trip to Ukraine was um, a very good move. Um, and it is the beginning of World War Three. You know, a lot of people say, well, we shouldn't defend Ukraine. But, you know, Ukraine is very much like Czechoslovakia in 1938. Um, the West didn't defend Czechoslovakia, but it didn't matter because, oh, we thought we could avoid war. No, you can't, because once you avoid defending Ukraine, then basically China then sees a big green light to invade somebody else. So there will be war on both ends of the Eurasian landmass. That begins to look like World War III, especially because the proxies of China and Russia are going to take advantage of the chaos. You know, you're going to have uh, Iran going after Israel, North Korea after South Korea, Algeria after Morocco. The world will be aflame. Wow. Uh, I did uh, see a quote from Zelensky in the paper in Germany yesterday where he talked about the reality of World War III and, and the possibility of it if, in fact, the Chinese and the Russians ally in this. They've already done that. I mean, even Anthony Blinken kind of intimated that on Face the Nation, Gordon, on Sunday. So if that's his point, Zelensky, that if Russia and the Chinese get together, it'll be World War III, is it unfair of me to say we're already there? You're absolutely right, Sid, and you should be running the State Department because <laughs> because Blinken is refusing to acknowledge reality. From the very beginning of the war, China was supplying lethal assistance to uh, Russia. You know, the Ukrainians were first operating Chinese drones. Well, China fed the location data to Russia to take out those Ukrainian drone operators. That's about as lethal, lethal as, as it gets. Also, China's been selling drones to the Russia's Wagner Group. And there are reports, and these are unconfirmed, but there are reports that there are Russian cargo planes leaving Zhengzhou, which is central China, daily, turning off their transponders, going to Russia. So we've got to start asking what the hell is in those um, cargo planes. The United States doesn't want to acknowledge this because we don't want to impose sanctions on China. So we are seeing China move far closer to Russia. That's World War III in my book. Wow. And then uh, let's talk about Zelensky for a second. And it's mentioned what he said in the paper in Germany. He's also kind of joked almost about the possibility of nuclear war and millions getting killed. And, oh, well, that type of comment, which is unbelievable to me. A lot of folks here love Zelensky. Andrew Giuliani was just talking him up. Brian Kilmeade earlier, he was talking him up. I don't trust him. I don't really like him. I think he's more about the photo op. I'm not going to say he hasn't done some things that are somewhat brave and courageous inside that war-torn territory, but I'm not a huge fan of Zelensky. What about Gordon Chang? Uh, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying, Sid, um, but the point is 
not whether Zelensky is a great man or whether Ukraine is corrupt. The point is, we've got a war. Uh, and if we don't want to fight it in Ukraine, we're going to fight a far bigger one around the world. So it doesn't really matter about Zelensky or Ukraine what the point is, um, what they represent right now. And by the way, um, Putin has been making threats to use his nukes in Ukraine preemptively. Uh, the North Koreans took the cue last year and for the first time ever threatened the preempted use of their most destructive weapons. The Chinese have been making nuke threats. They all have been piling on. So, yeah, Zelensky is right to tell the world about this um, because he's not the one making threats to use nukes. He doesn't have any. Right. It's Russia, North Korea and China. And by the way, um, you know, they just found weapons grade purity uranium in Iran. You can know what's going to happen next. So I guess, like for people like me, I have to tell you, Gordon, and even my, my late partner Bernard, God rest his soul, we were we were against giving Ukraine all this money and all this weaponry a long time ago. I mean, Bernie's been dead for seven months. We're still doing it. Yesterday, again, another half a billion dollars and more tanks and more weaponry, and it keeps going. But according to what you are saying, it, it, to avoid, I guess, World War Three, do we not have a choice? Yeah, I don't think we have a practical – well, we have a choice. I mean, we could decide not to do it, but then again – we're going to end up in a far bigger war. So this is really cheap. And I can understand people saying we need to spend the money at home. But the point is, China's not going to stop. It's going to attack our friends and allies. It's even going to attack the United States. So we're in this war, whether we like it or not. Yeah, but here's my question, talking about all this money we're sending, okay? And maybe you're right. We need to do this, and we're in this war, whether we like it or not. Uh, there is absolutely zero data Gordon, on where this money is going. This is one of the most corrupt countries in the history of the world, Ukraine, and still is today, even with Zelensky. We have no idea whether all this money is going to the war efforts or not. Isn't that an issue? Well, it is an issue. Um, wars are not run by accountants. World War II on our side was grossly inefficient. Um, you know, that's just the nature of conflict. Yeah, yes, we should try to make sure that every dollar that we send over is used for the purpose intended. And I have no problem with that, but let's make sure we fight the war, because um, wars are not won by accountants. They're won by brave people willing to um, die, and they're won by democracies who are willing to support other democracies. Remember, we um, Ukraine had nuclear weapons. They gave them up on a promise of American support. Um, this was the 1994 Budapest Memorandum. We have to understand our obligations. And if we don't do that, no one's going to trust us. That means we're not going to have allies or friends. That means when we fight our enemies, we're going to be fighting them on our own territory, not in Europe or in Asia. We need to make sure we do not fight on American soil. But that's a real possibility if our friends and allies can't trust us. And by the way, we have not been trustworthy, so I wouldn't blame them. You know what's interesting is you and I have talked about this a million times. If Donald Trump was still president, you and I both agreed this never would have happened. Putin would have never gone into Ukraine in the first place. We agree on that, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we certainly right. agree with that. That's, right. that's history, Sid. You can't argue with history. Right. He was there for four years. It never happened. But let's play this hypothetical. Let's say Trump was still president. And this time around in his second term, Putin was like, I don't care about Trump. I'm going in. Would Trump be doing the same things right now? that Joe Biden and this administration is doing in terms of money, weapons, just giving all that to the Ukraine? I don't know the answer to that, Sid. Um, and there's really only one person who can answer that question for you. 
Um, but I, you know, going back, I don't think Putin would have taken on Ukraine if Trump were president. And we have history. You know, you have Putin invading Ukraine in 2014 during the Obama administration. You have that was Crimea, years, actually, right? Crimea. Sorry, Crimea. Yeah. Um, you have you have four years of peace during Trump. And then when Biden comes in with some really bad policy, uh, Putin invades the rest of Ukraine. So really, we have a real life um, political science test, which showed that, yeah, the bad guys didn't take on Trump. They didn't take on Trump, I think, because they found him unpredictable. They didn't know what he would do. You know, whether they respected him or not, only Putin and Xi Jinping can tell you. But the point is, they did not, in fact, take him on. And that says a lot to me. And now, all of a sudden, with uh, Putin, of course, talking about uh, his war efforts and Biden in Ukraine yesterday and Zelensky in every paper across the world, what we stopped discussing are these balloons, which only a week ago was all we talked about 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which has to make the Chinese happy, yes? Well, it, it certainly makes them happy. But, you know, there is a large white balloon reported by pilots northeast of Hawaii. Um, that reporting, which was about a day ago, is now gone quiet. We'll see where that is. But that balloon was about 40,000 feet, um, and it was, you know, not very far from uh, our 50th state. I know that Governor DeSantis was here in New York yesterday, Gordon Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter on Staten Island. He talked about a lot of things, but he did downplay the threat from Russia. Marco Rubio has done the same thing. I've heard Republican politicians say basically that uh, Putin's a big talker, but this nuclear stuff isn't going to happen. I know you don't feel that way. You feel like eventually if the war continues to go this way, which is for the better part of a year, the Russians have not done very well, that he will use those nuclear weapons? Yeah, I, I think that you can't assume that these guys are insincere when they tell us what they're going to do. You know, as our great ambassador to Beijing, James Lilly, said, the Chinese always telegraph their punches. I think you can probably say the same thing about the Russians. They say they're going to use their most destructive weapons. Maybe they're lying, but I can't assume that they are. And we have a lot of very smart people in New York and Washington who say, oh, they can't really mean that because... X, Y, or Z. Well, yes, they can really mean that. And matter of fact, these are the same people in America who said, oh, you know, Putin's not going to invade Ukraine. Well, I'm sorry, but he in fact did. And so we have to assume that he's going to make good on his other threats. He has a lot of incentives to use his nukes. Now, I can, I can give you counter arguments, but the point is when somebody tells you they're going to do something, you better believe it. Earlier in this conversation, you talked about the potential, maybe slim, but the potential for actually war on our soil. Give me a scenario or two where this whole Ukraine-Russia engagement can blow up into something as dangerous as that. Well, if we don't defend Ukraine, then China sees a green light. Um, and if they go after Taiwan, most people think that they'll go after Guam. Guam is sovereign American territory. That's where we have a lot of military assets. And the Chinese know that they've got to take Guam out if they're going to have a successful invasion of Japan, Philippines, Taiwan, you name it. So, yeah, it's going to come to us. And remember, we fly in international airspace. The Chinese on, uh, um, in December actually challenged one of our unarmed U.S. Air Force reconnaissance planes, came within 10 feet of it 
or 20 feet, depending on whom you believe. But the point is, that plane is sovereign U.S. Um, territory. And the Chinese got very, very close to it. So you can imagine one mistake, and it could be um, the death of American servicemen. Last one. Uh, of course, the president is in Poland today. He went to Poland initially, then, of course, took the train to get to Ukraine. Now he's back in Poland meeting with the mayor, I believe, uh, at some point this morning. You think those people are in serious jeopardy or, or not? I mean, do you think that Putin will go that crazy and even consider doing something like that? Yeah, um, you would assume, and most people assume, that Putin won't go after a NATO member. But remember, Putin um, can go after a NATO member in ways which give him plausible deniability. And so, yeah, I, I think it could spiral downward into that. You know, there are a lot of inconceivable events that have occurred over the last couple of years. So we should not be assuming that, oh, no, it can't happen. We got to prepare for it. And we have, uh, you know, American defense officials, including our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, talking about the U.S. will defend NATO members. He wouldn't say that if he didn't think it was a possibility that Russia would attack. So to wrap up this great conversation, and again, Gordon Chang, I can't thank you enough. I think you're so, so great. You really are. Uh, DEFCON 5 is we're in the midst of World War III. China and Russia are, in fact, allies, and uh, it's, it's going to be nukes and all that nasty stuff. That's DEFCON 5. DEFCON 1 is, to DeSantis's point, everybody's overreacting. The Russians and Ukrainians will kill each other for a couple more months. They'll figure it out, and we'll be safe in the United States. What DEFCON number are we in America right now? Well, in fact, we're at DEFCON 3, and DEFCON 1 is war, uh, the other way around, Sid. The point is, gotcha. um, I, I don't know where we'll be, um, but we cannot exclude any possibilities, including the one Zelensky mentioned to the German paper, that this is the beginning of a world war. Um, it's starting to look like that. It certainly looks a, more, a lot more like it than it did three or four weeks ago. Okay, listen, this is uh, scary stuff. <laughs> I got to tell you. So that's why you got to keep coming back every week, Gordon, and uh, letting my listeners and the American people know exactly what's going on because the truth is the White House is not really honest. The media is less honest. Thank God for people like you. Excellent job, Gordon Chang. Look forward to doing it again real soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. I really appreciate it. Me too.